All right. Yeah, Shout Wednesday. Digital health. It's you know, unusual. Some, Go ahead. Some, 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 no, somebody asked me today, like, are you actually doing like shots or are you drinking on this shot of digital health therapy? And I realized I think I've taken maybe one or two. Um, right. Like that's it with for Jacob's uh, birthday, right? And right. then maybe one other one. So yeah, there was some. I think maybe John Brownlee or something. I, I remember seeing a shot glass. I I've, I haven't partaked. I um, I brought a shot glass. So are we? Let's do. The, I don't know. Like today is like Wednesday, but this week's been long as hell. Um, and actually, yeah. I don't think I have any actual calls today. I mean, there's a lot of shit to do. But um, so I'm gonna go grab my cognac and a shot. Okay. Um, let's see what you got there, if anything. Okay, I've, I've got myself a nice uh, Sam Adams, and nice. I think also we're we're gonna talk about. I think we're gonna get guests on here. There's we've been. We are, but before we get guests, um, I know we caught up very very briefly. How the hell are your ribs doing? Yeah, that was like ah, uh, and yeah, I, Sandy I, Black I, Eye and. <laughs> yeah, so I elegantly at my young tender age um, took a header. I've been biking. I've been probably biking like probably an hour, like during this whole situation. I've been biking um, probably an hour and a half a day. I've been biking to the swim, going swimming. I've been biking to the office. So I've ch I traded planes for bikes and I, I, um, I managed to jam my bike into a big ditch the other day and took a header, header off of it. Uh, looks like I've kind of fractured a rib. I haven't done a full scan yet. Um, so oh. I had a nice black eye and a broken rib as I walk into my latest investment round, but I, I, I'm healing pretty quickly right now. <laughs> hey, listen, at least you have an excuse now, you know, especially going into the investment round. Um, speaking of um, Charles, um, Charles from Freenome, I got a LinkedIn message and then I, okay. you know, he sent me, so Freenome, they just raised 260 million for whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, cancer diagnostics. Um, so Charles Roberts, uh, one of the co-founders, I think also chief commercial officer. Um, yeah. Uh, but so anyway, so I don't think you're raising 260 million, but cheers to all the awesome entrepreneurs um, that are, you know, raised, That's raising, uh, but also doing shit to, to get this done. And yeah. um, I, uh, by the way, our, our numbers, um, you know, I know everybody waits for the numbers. We're at like, I don't know, 115, 116 followers, something like that. Okay. Subscribers. Rocking so we're it. getting there. Rocket. This rocking. is like, this is like venture capital style day, month, month, week over week growth. You know, we're, we're, we're heading into a series B. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, let's see what happens to that. But, um, you know, speak, speaking of investors, um, so our next uh, awesome guest, I, I think I've known him for now a decade or so, um, Steve Stenches. So he's a partner at PHS Capital, a longstanding friend of ours and uh, also yeah. Health Excel, uh, which by the way, next week, Marty and team at Health Excel are having something. Glenn Tolman, I saw, Lisa is on it, Bill Toronto, right. some interactive, I don't know, maybe you know more, I actually don't, to be honest. Yeah. So we've got, so yeah, so next week they have their, I think it's called Health Excel Interactive. Um, and they've got a huge, like you said, like the, um, the Lavongo, Lisa Swonen, Bill Toronto, uh, two of which have been on our show. Um, right. They've got a big agenda. They're doing interactive lunches and they've sent, I know Steve's going to come on in a minute, but they, they sent all the guests kind of a, uh, like a little gift package. So we can Ooh. wear, I think, 
What do we got here? I got it over here. I'm in still waiting package. for mine. What the hell? Is a pint uh-huh. of Guinness. Uh-huh. A little glass that I've dumped around. Un- unwrapped here. And they've got a, um, I think they've given everyone a special kind of uh, mask. So I don't know if I'm not, I'm not supposed to tell anyone this, but <laughs> I, <laughs> for anyone. Well, it's out there. So uh, it's right <laughs> around the corner. So with that, so Steve Sanchez, partner at PHS, uh, looking forward Great to guy. Him. Let me Let me admit him in. And Steve is calling us from the U.S. No, 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 no. He's in uh, wonderful Belgium. Belgium. Let's see, Belgium. That's fantastic. Which you need to check in on the Belgian. Hey, hey Stevie hey, boy. Gentlemen. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Man? How are you? You dressed that... up for us. Hey, I was I was told this is prime time, so I, I dressed <laughs> up for you both, you gentlemen. <laughs> I like I, I thought you went to bed like that and you woke up like that. Like you're kind of a you're kind of well, that kind of investor that wakes up fully pressed. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm just in this routine now and it's a constant routine. So every day is the same. You wear the same shirt, you go to bed, you get up, you sit in front of the Zoom. Right. <laughs> Wait, and don't forget about the the push ups. Actually the three of us were uh, doing them, twenty five for twenty five. That's um, right. The crazy in me kind of said, why don't we just all do the 30 for 30 now for 30 push-ups. Cheers, by the way. <laughs> Cheers. The Guinness. The Guinness is For here. my good friend that's sitting in Ireland, I, I pulled the Guinness out. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Martin Kelly was hoping you would do that. <laughs> but I realized, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we just talked about Jim broke his ribs, so I'm not going to make us do Ooh. 30 push-ups, so... He's no, recovering. Nor will I, I tell any jokes because that, that, that sounds a bit painful to me. Wow, Jim. Yeah, you know, keep, keep it limited. I think it was a couple of years ago was the ankle, right? Now the ribs? What's going <laughs> on? Was it, was it basketball again? It's called entrepreneur fragility. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, it, it, I think it doesn't only apply to entrepreneurs. It might even move into the investment world at different yeah, points. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was funny because I, I, I think when I broke my ankle my last investment round and I broke it, I went over the top of my bike, you know, so I was playing basketball with 17-year-olds and I was just going for a bike ride. Just had a, just had a bad, unlucky accident. So, um, but, you know, right back at it, <laughs> right back at it. <laughs> Prop myself up. <laughs> it's like weekend at Bernie's. yeah but ribs i those those are tender a bruise or a break it's it's both are but you're like i I heard like actually in soccer playing like it's quite common for people to get kind of a hit with like a ribs or in a lot of injuries because you're you're a competitive soccer player or were or was i was at at one point in my career i was but that was a while ago now i did (laughs) i played um, now you're a biker as well right yeah now i cycle that that's okay. but that also brings injuries i understand as well so um you're you're always prone that's yeah, yeah. that's the, the aspect so first let's check in i know jim i'm stealing your thunder on that question but um you're in belgium what's happening on the ground this is our our uh you know the situation as we're not supposed to say these words but the situation check in in belgium well, um, they are being more cautious now because it started to spike again, the situation, as you call it. 
Um, and in Belgium, there, there is the mandatory, well, mandatory distancing. And if you can't keep the distancing, it's face masks. And most, pe most all people are wearing face masks in the larger cities, um, not out in the woods, but in the larger cities and stores. Um, you go into a restaurant, you wear the face mask until you sit down. Um, so, and with schools, they are going to start. I, it, it's, it's being announced late. Schools will start, but they're starting a bit later. Um, is what I, understand. I mean, we had heard, we had heard that they were upset with the six feet of social distance because usually they like to keep it to eight feet. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, Belgium, now that, that, that's the strange thing. I mean, I'm, I'm only 15 minutes from the Dutch border. And maximum. And in the Netherlands, it's entirely different. So no face masks. Um, and if you just go across the border, it, it, it's, oh, yeah, which rules am I following now? <laughs> right, 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 right. So um, Great, yeah. craziness. Craziness. So, so give us a little like, see, so we get the belt. So give us, you know, so Steve, I've known you, you've known Steve for a decade. I've known you for the guts of, I say we're six, six years into our uh, digital health uh, relationship here. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, at least probably whenever you started Health Excel, I think that's when we first met. So yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and so I always think of you as one of the. You were super aggressive, super early. You know, I know, but give you know, going into digital health, forming, you know, PHS, going at it. But give us the, you know, maybe just give us the for the for our hundred and fifteen YouTube listeners. Give us the little stuff. Hey, seasons. man, it's, it's hundreds. Those are the ones that just subscribe. That doesn't mean that we, you know, come but on. Yes, it goes beyond. So you want the, the why in, in, in. Yeah, the, the quick, the quick uh, PHS yeah. thesis. Well, and well it, I mean, it really was um, spawned out of getting it, the thought of individual engagement in health. You know, it, it has been growing. Uh, on that basis. And the whole thesis essentially has been around population health management. Really, if you engage and you, you're able to, as many people to reach, then you're able to drive better outcomes. And there can be a much deeper story around all that, but it's really about individual centricity um, on health. And it does, and propositions from that can be lighter or go deeper um in in deeper health is what i mean in in really bringing people you know with data deeper into the system uh, uh the health system on that basis so you know it, and really the evolution i mean we call it digital health i i think when health excel started and and we we were starting out investing it wasn't there wasn't digital health at that time as a, as a term so right. that it was that, it was health 2.0 that's actually, I think, where a lot of us met originally before even Marty started. This was, I think, in yeah. Berlin. I met Marty. I met Vishal at the Health 2.0 then. Um, so I don't, I don't know yeah. if you guys were there or not. But. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was, yeah, Health 2.0, um, new health, individual health, consumer health. Um, but the term yeah. digital wasn't thrown in yet at that point in time. And kind of health so, tech or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. now what? Anyway, please, Jim. 
it's a good trillion, it's good, ha it's good hashtags later. for our post by the way all of this all, all of these are great hashtags for our posts <laughs> yeah a, a trillion like how much has been a trillion dollars later now it's a thing um, <laughs> but like so what so give us like so a, co a company that would have you would have seen in 2012 that you would have invested in like whether it was through health excel and your participation what's the difference between a company you see then and a, and a digital health company that you're looking at now what's the biggest I think there's more definition around where, where they're going. Um, so things have moved into uh, more definition around the proposition and, and what it means from the start. Um, the aspect and also what type of business models pot uh, potentially may, you know, it may go after now are becoming more clear because as we're moving forward, uh, geography by geography, you can look at health or health. I like to call it health, not healthcare, but it's moving yeah. towards more of a marketplace. And yeah, cheers to health. Lahaim. to Lahaim. Lahaim and cheers. Um, so it's moving more to a marketplace, and that opens up um, multiple business models. And I think we've seen some of those. The other factor is there's been IPOs and and some trade sales. So some successful companies out there, uh, which business models have shown themselves in working. So I think that's quite a shift from where we were. Yeah. Right. Eight years ago, six years ago, whatever you want to call it. And like how many are, what are we talking now? Like in terms of IPOs and trade in like decent sized trade sales, are we like in the, is it sub 50 of like material value or is it a hundred? Is it? Yeah, I would say sub 50. Sub 50 I, I'm not, I'm not tracking perfectly on that data, Jim. So don't quote me on that. I know you have don't me live, but don't, don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't have quoted. to quote you. Unquoted. You just, you just quoted unquoted. yourself, man. No, I unquoted <laughs> it. <laughs> the, the beautiful part of this, this is, and literally, actually, I'm impressed. Like it takes Steve for us to actually continuously drink through this shot of digital health. So, right, I haven't drink. I'm trying to like, I've just got my ibuprofen here. <laughs> no mixing for you, huh? <laughs> so, Steve, you started PHS, and I think this is roughly when we met, actually, Health 2.0, Amsterdam, right, that whole thing. But prior, you were also early on with kind of the thesis, the, I'll call it the health consumerism thesis at Philips. Contrast, uh, you know, and you don't have to get into the details. Uh, you can subconsciously do it through my book that I'm writing, <laughs> uh, but, but you put on your old corporate hat and the early thesis of this consumerism, like, can you contrast of being in your own fund and like for our listeners, just, I, I know there's a the difference ago, between, between corporate investing versus uh, yeah, indiv yeah. individual fund investing. I think um, from a corporate perspective, you get into deeper silos um, of, of how it, really fits into existing business streams versus more of the disruptive open uh, type of investment. I don't want to characterize that across all corporates, but I think yeah, yeah. Um, generally corporates say, what's, you know, what's our business unit strategy and then what can attach on to what we have versus hmm, it might be something very new and different and a whole new business unit or it may disrupt the existing business unit. And these are, I think, uh, some of the, well, subtle or not so subtle differences, I would say. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, you've been very much of a proponent, and it's interesting you said, you know, health, not healthcare. I, you know, to me, I actually separate, and I know Matthew Holt also likes to write the two words separate. Uh, I, you know, healthcare, and I look at it and, or, um, and, you know, the, again, the health consumerism, and I'll bring you back, as you said, uh, it's health consumerism, but then at the population health. And to me, that's a little bit of a dichotomy, right? Because you can manage the population, but the solutions were all individuals. So where's your head? Because yes, there's population and the population's health as a whole, but the approaches you take are very individualized in theory. So I, I'm curious on how you think about this dichotomy of population versus individual. I, I, don't, I, I think- Or, or um, not. Well, I mean, we're all individuals, but across individuals, you know, if you take skin cancer, one in, one in four, one in five, depending on where you are in the world, will get skin cancer. So um, that is a population in and of itself that has uh, potential issues. And you know, you know, your predisposition or pre, you know, the aspect of potential disease, um, the ability to understand that is there today. And these are the types of things that can be monitored in populations through digital solutions um, in which bring much faster and better outcomes uh, because you're able to triage it into the health systems um, more effectively um, where people can then be served. Uh, and those that don't need care aren't taking up the valuable time. So that's more effective triage. In the data, like, right, and you look at the data, like, so I know, like, of your public, like, what are your investments that are public? We obviously have um, um, with med meditation skin and skincare, skin Yeah, vision. well, I've, I've, there was meditation. It was beyond medica uh, meditation. It was mental health. It was Pacifica, non now San Velo, that was acquired by okay. United Pacifica, Health. Yeah. Um, and that was very. I, I, I still bust the chops on the rename, by the way. Like it just doesn't flow off the tongue. But hey, you know, it <laughs> hey, is what it is. That I had no vote in that. I, I know. I know. <laughs> it was I beyond know. me. Um, I but they I got think, a lot of shit from me on that one. But same thing. But I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, Pacifica. You look at really the ability to reach the mental health population, offer a solution. And more than just, I mean, it was a digital therapeutic with CBT, um, organically growing to 3 million individuals uh, very rapidly wow. and moving into universities and so on and so forth. That's something, you know, if you look at mental health itself, how many people are unknown to the health system? Quite a few. And, you know, the ability to reach out to these people and offer something is critically important. So yeah, you mentioned um, that that's Pacifica, but it's no longer in the portfolio. We have Skin Vision. Um, I think both of you are highly familiar with that. Um, as, as but but, our, but our listeners and viewers probably not. So no, we maybe, are maybe not. Well, Skin Vision is. Let's see if you can do a thirty-second pitch on their behalf. Oh, yeah? I'll count out loud. One. Two, well, they're mission. Yeah. They're mission. One, two. Quick. Don't count quick. Count slow. No. Uh, their mission is to save 250,000 lives in the next decade. And really that aspect is bringing awareness and early detection around skin cancer. And they cover from AK, BCC, SCC, 
and melanoma, let's call it 80% of the skin cancers. And through your smartphone, no attachments, you have very high clinically proven, uh, we call it more of an assessment. It's not a diagnosis. We always advise or urge people, if you're still concerned, get in and see the doctor. Um, and if, if it's red, we push people to make the appointment. So you get a red or green rating in 30 seconds um, uh, that tells you if there's a potential issue with a lesion, skin lesion. And um, yeah, they're seeing both good individual traction as well as pickup through uh, different pairs in the Netherlands, Germany at this time, also starting in the UK. And uh, they have been in Australia and New Zealand for a while now. So have they tried this? Have they tried this NHS uh, NHSX aspect in the U, in the UK? We just well, they're in the for that. They've been in the incubator, the NHS okay. incubator, and the their uh, digital yeah the digital accelerator. So they've been part of that. Okay. I think uh, that happened eighteen or twenty four months ago. So okay. um, yeah, they're they're being it's adapt it's being adapted or accepted in the UK. Uh, and so, so I have a bunch of questions. So, so the, um, okay. Uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> Skin vision. He's getting serious on me, uh, Eugene. <laughs> and, and, and this is the guy who just took an ibuprofen, had a half a beer and broken ribs, right? So That's someone, I was on the phone doing my virtual consultation and he was like, he's either, either you're, you know, so the biggest things we're concerned about if you hurt your ribs is uh, shortness of breath, but based on the speed that you're talking, <laughs> we're not that concerned with you, Jim. <laughs> or you have like superhuman capacity to keep talking with 50% lung pain, capacity. Through the pain. <laughs> I'm like, it may be that way. But okay, so, so let's talk like, like as skin vision during the, the situation that we're in, right? Mm -hmm. And meditation, just quick, you know, so, so do you have any data to say, you know, are people meditating the shit out of themselves right now? And are they checking for skin lesions during the scenario? Is that being affected? You know, yeah. or, or, you know, because yeah. if I'm worried about a respiratory condition, do I stop looking at that? Or do I look at it more because I'm, you know, more uh, concerned? Yeah, I, I mean, in both, um, both cases, there's, there's an increase in usage by individuals. I mean, the, okay. the aspect of, first of all, if you can go to see your doctor, the, does the individual say, I want to go see the doctor? There's, there's the fear of, I think it's called the situation, right? You called it, Eugene? We called it the situation because we're not allowed. Otherwise, Jim has uh, the little, you know. Ding, ding. Know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Due to the situation, you know, I, I think in the individual, individual's mind, even if they can see the doctor, the first question is, is that where I, where I want to go? Um, and so is there something I can do prior um, to going doing that? Now, the other side of the coin, if you take skin vision, um, it doesn't mean not being seen by a doctor because you can share, you know, the result. You have an assessment that tells you what it is, but you can also share the photo. And that photo can be looked at uh, by a dermatologist. So um, you're not foregoing the doctor, uh, let's say. But you're seeing a spike, though. You're seeing yes. a spike in, in both uh, yes. use of the skincare meditation. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I'm going on to question two then. So question okay. two is, um, is, so we've asked, so when we had Bill Toronto on, on the thing, and we talked about the challenge, like, so you're, you, we've had this great cadre of Americans, you know, that have lived a life in Europe, 
of which Eugene yes. is one of them, or he's trying to become one of them again, you know, <laughs> through Spain. <laughs> and you've done that, like me, like I've, I've yes. lived in Dublin, you've lived in Belgium and Netherlands. Yes. Um, you know, we had Sarah on, who do we have? We had Francesca, who else okay. do we have? And then I think I they know. all, I think every American secretly wants to live in Europe for a while. Like, you know, like, you know, Bill with the right deal would move to Europe. Sure. You know, um, who else? We have a good lifestyle, like, don't we? Lisa Garber, totally, to totally. He'd get out a razor, shave his beard and come to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, a good, we have a nice lifestyle, don't we, Jim? It's a nice lifestyle. It's different, right? Like, it's different. Yeah. It's different. But, but, okay, so, but we look this issue with like, you know, taking companies in Europe and scaling them to America. Like, what's your, like, like, are, are you seeing, like, what's your strategy with that? Like, Sarah Fisher had her strategy. What's your strategy for, um, you know, do you prove it in Belgium and then go to Netherlands? Or do you prove it in well, Belgium and go to the UK? Or do you prove yeah. it in Belgium and go to America? Well, right. It, it depends on the proposition. So, and why I say that is it gets into regulatory. So, uh, what will it, what is the pathway for FDA approval? Um, if it needs FDA, um, and what does that mean? And, and how much evidence do you need to build around it uh, and the proposition? So for me, it's wherever in Europe you can get an initial, some, let's call it data, trust, uh, right. for, you know, science. Let's, let's, let's leave it around that and, yeah. and then use usage up around it. And then, um, you know, maybe it's Germany because that's uh, one of the larger markets, uh, obviously, or the largest in Europe and uh, or right into the U.S. But that's how I would look at it. And then you would ask the question, how into the U.S.? And, you know, I think um, some of it can be, again, based on the proposition, it could be, well, relationships. Is it is it something payers will pick up or is it something that has to be built alongside the health system or is it direct to individuals? What does this mean? Um, you, you know, it never hurts to syndicate with the right U.S. investor in this uh, um, if, if it works, um, yeah. if it works out that way. But that's how I would look at it a bit from, from that angle. Now, I mean, Pacifica was a U.S. investment. So, Ironically, in that case, they actually started in Europe with um, in France and Spain, which is where they got their initial pickup. And then it hit in the US. Um, and then that, you know, they were, I think the mix was 70 30 um, at the end, 70 US, 30%. Still what do you think, Eugene? You, Eugene, when, like, when you have a small company going at it, like, what is random in terms of geography selection? Like, you know, say the US is always obvious. Like how much is random and how much is strategic? I, I, I mean, I, I honestly think you need to have a target in play. It also depends on if you're going direct to consumer, you're experimenting, right? And this is actually the, the interesting part about right. the Pacific uh, story. I actually didn't know that, that the initially they got a pickup, right, on, uh, in Europe. Um, I think when you do B2B, that needs to be pretty strategic and why and, and play into the existing health and care ecosystem, right? Like, I, you know, I'll use your coach as the example. I mean, we're, while we're not limiting where the coaches join from, I mean, we have coaches from like Bahrain and Mongolia, right? And these are certified coaches. Um, 
but we're not focusing on that because there are CPT codes coming. I mean, there's a lot of dynamics in the U.S. market that yeah. uh, to focus and we're a U.S. focused company. Who knows where the, the randomness and serendipity will take us, but we're executing on what our hypothesis is now. But, but don't you think, though, like just pulling that back, like that's nice when you're in a pitch and you're talking about every, every decision that an entrepreneur make is super strategic and whatever it is, you know, but like how much of it is, you know, you know, you went to a health excel event, you meet the right players, you have a relationship, you know, you have a language, you have a founder that has a certain connection. Dude, we're, we're talking here, the three of us, because of serendipity. Now, I'm a big believer there's science behind that serendipity and you can't ignore it. Right. Um, right. I don't know right. what it is, but there's signs behind this crazy serendipity. Um, I mean, just, you know, uh, I, I won't mention the names, but like I, you know, we just closed officially off our round, right? Uh, the seed round. It's been, yeah, it's long, long term time coming. But the one of the last investors in was absolute complete serendipity is somebody who I was um, you know, I was going to go to a certain city for a conference. I decided initially not to. Then I decided to go. We ended up on the same panel. I saw a post by uh, their last investment. What are my yep. odds of being on LinkedIn at that moment where that particular post would go through? So I, I know this yep. was a long way, but I'm a big believer in serendipity. But you have to put a stake in the ground, right? Like, well, See, I, I think you have, you have overarching strategy and then there yeah. is the opportunism and timing and yeah, serendipity that comes in. Um, See, I call it this, I, I call it this in the MacGuffin. You've, <laughs> MacGuffin. Have you heard this before? The MacGuffin? No, please, Jim, enlighten me. <laughs> this is the MacGuffin. <laughs> so this is what, if I'm coaching young entrepreneurs, you know, that don't break bones as easy as I do, is, um, is, is I say that everyone needs a MacGuffin. And the MacGuffin is the character in the Alfred Hitchcock novel that the whole story is built around at the beginning that it's so clear that they committed the murder. And, and so at the beginning of it, you have this character that had the motive, you know, had the benefit, you know, had the motive, was in the right place, didn't have a good alibi. And it's quite clear that that person uh, committed the murder. And then the, the narrative trick that Alfred Hitchcock uses is that as the story develops, that character is slowly removed from the story and but the character development all happens around that and so everyone gets everyone learns about the character gets drawn into the story and they get excited about the opportunity to have this person be you know and so they with entrepreneurism is the same way you need you need the MacGuffin so you need the the pursuit that's that we know it's obvious you know what you're going to be chasing but as you go about that whether that is the fact what you chase or what you don't chase, you know, comes in. So everyone always needs the MacGuffin, which is, in my opinion, the explicit plan that the investors can buy into as to why you'll exceed, succeed. I'll bring it to point A. From point A, we go to point B. We go to point C. Oh. And the world just isn't made up that way. Just no. never happens no. that way. Is this the well, first time any anybody in the world have heard the the startup MacGuffin? Like, is this now officially coined by, by Jim Joyce or? It's the first podcast. <laughs> it's wow. the first podcast. That's the MacGuffin. <laughs> now, now, now that is quoted. That's recorded. So yes, it's out we there. We have it down. Because I think investors invest on explicitness, right? They invest on, they need a clear, linear, fairly linear path to success. And without that, you can't, you, you people can't rally and support you, whether it's team members or investors or whatever yeah. it is. I think, I think it we depends have, on the investors. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement a bit. Um, I, you know, 
I think that what is most important is, is there a problem and does this solution solve that problem? And then, you know, is that market large enough to allow enough room to find a way? That's, that's really number one in a big way, especially, I mean, what, the later you get, of course, it gets more refined. Um, sure. But at the, at the very start, as you were saying, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's also those investors and I think it comes from the mandate of, of what the LPs coming in, you know, what's their risk appetite. So are we going after the real big disruptive ones um, or, you know, are, are we looking at things closer to home where we can actually see the horizon? Uh, we may not be at the horizon, but we could see the horizon and then you get into and then, a bit more definition. And then Steve, so what changes now? Like, so, so when you think about this, like what changes now with these big exits, you know, we obviously every pod, if you're doing a digital health podcast, mm -hmm. you always mention Teladoc and Livongo or health mm -hmm. catalyst, you know, so, so now that we actually have some exit. So it was like, I felt like when we were going after investment before it was like, well, if there were only exits in the digital health space, you know, we could invest with more confidence. But, you know, I'm going to stay in some a technology that I can understand or in a healthcare segment that has more, you know, kind of consistent, um, you know, exit analogs I can use. So now that we have these exits, what changes? Well, I, I mean, for one, it's real. You know, this is no longer, oh, it's horizon. <laughs> it, we're, we've hit it. So, so it's accelerating it's happening. It. It's accelerating, it's happened. You know, we're still in the very early innings as I see of this, this whole thing. But, you know, that, that's, I think, one of the biggest aspects um, that, that comes into play um, on the basis. But do they just change the goalpost now? You know, it's like, okay, we were waiting for exits, now we have the exits. Yeah. Well, but you're not like that exit. But the, the <laughs> other thing that comes into play is it sets, instead of guessing what a, what a valuation may be, um, right. I'm not saying everything is the same, but it starts setting some different expectations out there on, yeah. you know, what, what are we talking about here? And that starts bringing more money and bigger money because it shows a certain predictability. Um, it doesn't mean it's all going to happen, of course, but you start getting into, well, it's real. Okay. We've got some exits. Wow. We know what some valuations might be about. Right. And then that starts, uh, uh, let's call it a bigger or more stable flow of money. Uh, and and also time. some transparency. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I read the S1s inside and out and there's, you know, better people uh, that are doing this, like exits and outcomes, right? Uh, Mr. Doolin, Brian. Um, but um, I, I think it brought some transparency into the numbers. And we always talked, you know, in the private markets, valuations, but not value. And so I think by these S1s coming out, you're seeing some level of what's the yeah. mapping of valuation to some realities, like how many patients, right, um, are being uh, serviced, right, and things like that. So right. like, to me, that's actually the other interesting part. Uh, maybe, uh, wow, we're really cranking on the time. Um, I, you know, one, one other thing, just, just this morning I had, I participated on the other side being in the podcast and somebody asked me a very similar question. And my comment is like, I, I liked your comment, Jim, on, on the uh, moving the goalpost. And um, yeah. the question was a little bit like, hey, you know, is the innovation stopped? And my comment is, I, I think a lot of these, I mean, we'll see the, uh, you know, the MWell, right? I mean, the Google 
deal a hundred million into Mwell, I think, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, correct. Um, we're going to see some consolidation, I think, and also I can see some of these DTX solutions and you know, and, you know, and many others that have been sort of siloed away merging in. But my comment this morning was the innovation doesn't stop. It hasn't stopped in, in, in hundreds of years, right? As human beings, we're always innovating. And so, like, I don't think we should say, oh, we cannot come up with shit because Teladoc will own it, right? Or can come up yeah. with it. Um, yeah, nonsense. No, nonsense. I completely agree. I, I, I think you have to ask yourself just how many, even with the situation, um, how many people are... are on Teladoc today, on, on telemedicine yet. It still has not reached full penetration. It's tiny. Yeah. So it's tiny. You know, and how much has happened? Yeah, 100%. I think that that's a positive note, Eugene. Anyway, yeah, it's very positive note. I love it. Uh, I'm going to pour just a little bit because. Uh, well, cheers. Actually, are we out of been, here? It's been a tough, <laughs> tough day. Tough day. Cheers, people. Am cheers, I the cheers only to you, Stephen. True Irish person here today. Then I see Sam Adams, which is U.S. or Boston, actually. You're so. Was, yeah, so Steve, how many countries have we been together? How many we've oh, had? Oh wow! I, I, can we? I don't think they're countable, are they, Jim? <laughs> they're not recountable. They're not countable, anyway. <laughs> On that note, gentlemen, it was an honor, it was a pleasure. And uh, for our viewers and listeners, hit that subscribe button. We keep, we keep going after that big goal of 1,000 subscribers, followers, whatever. And Thanks. Have a good rest of the week, all. Hey, Thanks, Steve. Fun talking to you guys. Guests. All right. Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye, everyone. <laughs>